That's not it, sis. That's not it. Hey. Yo. We back. How you living? We back. How you living? Uh, I would say I am not living La Vida Loca. <laughs> that's, oh my God. Wait, do you have a siren going on in the background right now? Yeah, that literally, that's so annoying. That just started as as I clicked record. Um, that's there's, fantastic. Doesn't that ever make you feel like home? It does, actually. My citizen app is going off at all hours of the day out here. It's great. Um, my oh, neighborhood no. is very lively, uh, which is what I, uh, you know, I like. It does make me feel like I'm at home, so... I used to struggle to sleep without noise with like, that's like without sirens and stuff like that in the background. Cause my, the, where my bedroom was in, in my house in Brooklyn, you could hear the F train doors, not that far away. Like the, like, like the, the noise. And like, so you'd hear the train and then obviously always sirens and ambulances and going off at all hours of the night. So when we would go like away to like, quote unquote, the country, um, did your parents ever call like basically like when you would just like go to a fucking place with trees? Did they ever call it the country? No, but uh, I couldn't sleep when we went to my cousin's house in Long Island because it was so quiet out there. Yes. any So basically I just said any anytime we went someplace where there was basically just a fucking tree uh, and it was a little bit more quiet, I used to struggle on. I used to sleep with the, the TV on to help me go to sleep. So yeah. I love that there's, there's sirens going on in the background there. I know. Oh, it doesn't really, it is pretty quiet for the most part uh, out here, I would say, except when like the cats are in heat. There's like a bunch of stray cats that live like outside my building and they like really, I don't know if you ever like had a situation where a cat is in heat, but it basically makes these like, like noises all night. That is, that is my seventh realm of hell. It's fine. I mean, I need like, I have to fall asleep with some noise. God bless my girlfriend. She like will fall asleep instantly, no matter like what the situation. So like I can keep TV on or I can like put on a podcast, but the dead silence just drives me nuts because yeah. Bless her heart. That's, that's so wonderful and kind. Um, (laughs) Wow. That is literally the worst thing I've ever had or heard in my entire life. Just stray cats running amok and making awful, awful noises that's outside my window. I hate cats. So maybe that has something to do with it. I I despise cats. I think it's, it's definitely them in heat. There's also like another sound they make when they're getting fucked by another cat, which is like not a great sound. I'm not going to do that sound. (laughs) I'll just say it's like similar, but did you know, cause I looked this up because I'm like, damn, these cats are so annoying when it happens. Like, it's not like an every night thing. People don't get me wrong. It's like (laughs) once in a blue moon, but, uh, the, the male cats like penis is like spiked. So like it hurts. Like it like latches on inside of the, I'm giving you all a very unnecessary anatomy lesson for cats, but, um, I hope you have, like just basically think of spiky cat cat penis tonight. Um, if you hear a cat <laughs> screaming outside anywhere, it's probably getting fucked anyway. So what's that, our uh, what? that, that took quite the turn? I was actually just gonna say that anytime someone asks me how you live in, um, my instant thought is the um, Big Papa, the Biggie song, where it's. I- how right. you live in Biggie Smalls, Big Mansion, Big Ends is given ends, to, Big Ends given ends. Wait, Big M's given ends to my friends, and it feels stupendous, tremendous, yeah. well, fucking dollar and a dream. 
See, that would I be. Didn't, I that, didn't think we would get to cat dick from that. No, but, well, you didn't. You didn't open with that. But also, if I, that's usually a response I would give if I was feeling good about the way I was feeling right now. I, the response I gave was something that I saw someone say online the other day, and I was like, oh my god, that is so how I'm feeling, and that is I am not living la vida loca right now. That is fantastic. I mean, that is. I mean, it's what's why the people tune in. This is what we give them. If you wanted something with with actual substance that potentially would make your heart feel good and your brain feel stimulated, then you picked the wrong podcast. <laughs> That's right. Go find one of those NPR podcasts that give you stress. I was going to say, I do love a good NPR podcast, though, but she not it. We not it. Um, <laughs> but okay, so, That's not it, sis. That's not it. <laughs> um okay so for tonight for we have some thoughts um obviously we gave you all a pretty deep dive last week into you know just like where we were at mentally and emotionally cola and i just kind of agree that right now given the state of everything we just need the fucking distraction like we just want to not think about very many things right now and just want to enjoy a little bit piece of escape and hopefully this could be that for you as well so we got two questions this week um we're not going to really do any like here's what's going on in the world new york wise but we got two questions this week the first one i think we can start off with i want to do the tim's one first okay. so i got i got a question actually about <laughs> why like why the new york's why new york city and tim's are so synonymous in terms of like a uniform for one another so Cola, I don't own Tim's, but you do. So like, why, like, why do you think New Yorkers and Tim's are like so synonymous with like one another? First of all, it's a sin that you don't own a pair and I'm getting you a pair for Christmas, just so you know. Oh, your birthday's <laughs> coming up before that though. So maybe I'll get them for your birthday. Maybe I'll get you one for your birthday and you'll get the other one. <laughs> um, okay, wait, one little thing about this, that just reminds me one time my sister took, this is like the beautiful parts of taking a car to any, any Italian in New York or like in the five boroughs. My sister took her car to get fixed after like someone like, you know, dinged the back. And, uh, the guy who was like this old malaise guy, actually, he had like a really, oh really thick God. accent. Yeah, yeah. Like a really, really thick accent on, on Staten Island. And she took the car there and, um, I guess, I think it was like one of her headlights or something like that. So he replaced, he wanted replacing both of them because I guess the one he had, like he wanted to make sure it looked like consistent. He goes, he goes, yeah, I don't want you walking out of here. with an old shoe. I want a new shoe. Like, <laughs> so he like made sure it was uh, consistent. And oh so he's God. like, he's like, he's like, I'll, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. No, no it's going to be nice. It's going <laughs> to so anytime you like anytime I hear anything like that, my sister and I would just be like, oh, one old shoe, one a new shoe. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that okay. man. So sorry. You're gonna uh, you're gonna get me, you're gonna get me Tim's, <laughs> although I'm only gonna get a left one for my dirty 30 and the right one for Christmas. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've always like I, I personally never knew the origin of this. To me, it just always seemed like it was a thing. Like even growing up, like, well, because we both grew up in the 90s, so like it just was always like if you had Tim's, like I couldn't wait for the day that like I could actually like get a pair of Tim's, you know, like my parents had them. My mom had a pair. What? Like Oh yeah, my mom had a pair of Tim's. Like and I was like, Oh, I want those. And my, my dad was always like, They're too expensive. You're still your feet are still growing. I'm not spending money on these. Like you get the oh knockoff God. like 
Walmart shoes until then. So or yeah, Walmart. Yeah. We used to call those Fimbulins in middle school. The knockoff Tims were Fimbulins. Yeah, well, I had a pair of Fimbulins until uh, <laughs> my feet stopped growing. And then once I was like, I think like 13 and a size nine, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is it for me. Um, so, uh, so then, you know, eventually, actually, not even until I, I got my own money and could pay for them. My dad was very much like, yeah, I'm not, that's a luxury item, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's always cold. Like New York has more cold winter, weather than it has warm weather, you know. And mm-hmm. they're, they're just like a go-to option. Like even if it's not snowing and you don't necessarily need like snow type weather boots, you know, like it's yeah. always raining. They're great in the rain. They keep your feet warm. Like I would argue they're a pretty good like self-defense. Like you kick someone with a pair of Tims, like that's going to hurt. Also, like if you're stomping around the subway, all that grimy shit down there, I feel like I have a, like a solid defense around my, my feet too. Like I'm never afraid to step on a roach with a pair of Tims, you know? That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're definitely like a worker ish boot. Like I think like the whole concept of like Tims, right. Is that they're like for blue collar workers or construction workers, which obviously there's always construction in New York city. So you're always going to see like what a perfect shoe, um, for the people working construction, but they did start becoming a part of the uniform. So I did a little bit of the, the research for us of how it became so synonymous. And honestly, this is, the greatest fucking article I've ever read about New York. So it's the history of Tim's and how they became a symbol for New York city culture. Uh, it's an article by culture hub and the, the culture, the, the first letter is a K not a C. So yes. I already like it. Yeah. So um, my, there's just the opening line is probably one of the best parts of the article is when it comes to New York city, most outsiders probably have this idea of a sea of people hailing yellow cabs while pizza on every corner and everyone being an asshole or some shit like that, yeah, that's that's I'm invested now in this article. But so essentially it just goes on to basically say that actually the trend started in the 90s, which, like you said, we we grew up in the 90s um, when drug dealers, New York City drug dealers began wearing them because it was basically a shoe that worked for them because they would be on their feet all hours of the day, including all hours of the night. And they needed to stay dry or they needed to stay warm. And it gave them the added security, of course, if they needed to, quote unquote, stop a motherfucker. Um, Straight up. That's what the article says. Uh, And then, of course, rappers made it a mainstream part of the culture. And then little by little, it just kind of started to be infiltrated. So what I actually said to you was that a lot of what I always associated Tim's with was like the Bronx. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of my imaging of Tim's came from. And then the article also referenced that a lot of the construction workers that did start wearing Tim's also in the city um, came through on the six train. And for anybody who knows what six train, six train actually does come from the Bronx. So I was like, all right. So I wasn't completely off base, but yeah, I do not own a pair. I do love the look though of like a nice pair of jeans, like fresh Tim's a white tee and some, and like a nice fitted cap, like on like a guy, like I do love that look. Just for all our listeners out there, I can also rock that look. And I I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I also (laughs) thoroughly enjoy it on you, but I'm just saying most of the people I see it on is a man. And I feel like that's more of the go-to style, but you do look very nice in your Tim's and fitted hat. Um, I was going to say, you, you mentioned like the rappers in the, in the Bronx a lot, which is very true, but I would also say fucking Biggie Smalls, uh, hypnotized. 
That's Tim's well, from yeah. Hogan's in Brooklyn. Like, yep. And I was going to say there was a lot of the rapper, like, right. So rappers adopted it, and really the two biggest rappers that from, for New York culture that adopted it was Biggie and Jay-Z. Right. Um, like I say all the time, like, and the, but the, the outfit I just referenced, the nice jeans, the Tim's, the white tee and the ball cap, like the fitted ball cap. That's a Jay-Z staple. That's why he even says like, shit, I made the Yankee cat, uh, Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee can. Like, I, I would, I would argue that's why most people wear Yankee hats uh, and not because yeah. they're actually Yankee fans, which is fine. I am not like one of those people that's like, I ain't not even a fan. No, do you like, that's, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. probably plan on dressing up in this outfit to share on our Instagram uh, now. Please. Please I will do. not also, be wearing a Yankee cap, but yeah. <laughs> also for our listeners, um, I too try to create a playlist of like New York City. And and I I had one that it was like my reference and I was looking through it uh, the other night and I realized I'm like, Cola's playlist, if anybody who has not listened, I, it's actually really fucking fantastic. Like it did oh. make me, like talk about like a roller coaster of emotions or just like nostalgia of like little things a part of it. So I highly encourage everybody to go listen to it. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe Anna should share hers. And Anna's playlist is essentially just a shit ton of Biggie, Jay-Z, Wu-Tang, and then just like a crap ton of Billy Joel. But that's okay. That's great because you went the route of like all of these artists are from New York. So that's the element you're bringing. Whereas mine was more like these are the songs that hold a special place in my heart because of things that happened to me in New York and what I associate around them, you know? Right. These, those are my songs that like when I'm like, when I'm homesick and it reminds me of home or feels like home to me. Right. That's, that's what I play. So I still might share it, but. Um, you should. I encourage give, it. Just to give you all a heads up of why, uh, of like where I'm coming from. That's just kind of where I'm at in terms of like the range of music. Like I definitely listen to a lot of music, but you put me to shame on, on every single level in that regard. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably share it. Um, so the other question we got was, this was like a controversial hot topic. I actually got oh, like attacked. Boy. I got attacked for this one from my friend who asked me this. Um, he's really? also, he's also a New Yorker okay. and because of my opinion and you and him share the same opinion. There we go. Um, I, so, cause I went to, there's this really, really nice, like there's a really good coffee shop I just went to recently and it was in, it was in Massachusetts and uh, it was like, it's actually called coffee house and it's really cute. It's like an old house that was converted. So you walk into this coffee shop and it's literally someone's house. Like you're in someone's living room. It feels like, um, yeah, it's really cute. And so I, for our listeners know I'm gluten-free and I got a bacon, egg and cheese on like a gluten-free roll, like whatever they had. And I asked them to put ketchup on it. And yeah, I was like, okay, like that's not weird, whatever. Like I'll just, I'll put some ketchup on myself, not a big deal. And it was also fucking delicious. Like I just, I just want to say that I would like went to go visit a friend and it was so nice to see her. And it was just like such a great overall positive experience. So I think that might've made the bacon and cheese even better. <laughs> also being gluten-free, it's so hard to find gluten-free products. Well, yes, you're gluten-free now. So you, you know, it's like really hard to find like a good gluten-free bread for like a sandwich, especially yeah. us, like where we love a breakfast sandwich. Um, I've, I've, and- I'm not going to lie. I've cheated a couple times this past week because I'm like, no. I just fucking want my sandwich, you know? Um, oh, you know, there's, um, I just, my roommate and I actually even said tonight, there's this week calories, eat all the snacks, eat all the food who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Like 
comfort yourself however you see fit. Yes. Just don't tell me how. So (laughs) I, (laughs) so I then saw my friend later that night, though he came over and we were hanging out and I was like, I was like, yeah, it was like the best thing ever. I was like, oh, and the ketchup with the egg tasted so good. And he was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, bitch, what are you doing putting ketchup on your bacon, egg and cheese sandwich? And I'm like, that to me just feels like what a bodega order always consisted of, like salt, pepper, ketchup on your sandwich. So I'm not going to say, while I do think that is gross and not my bodega order, (laughs) um, we went we did an episode where we said our bodega order, right? So typically bacon, egg and cheese on a plain bagel, toasted, black coffee. That's all I need. Mm Yeah. They always ask in the bodega if they're a good bodega. They ask salt, pepper, ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was so on point too. Go ahead. Uh, and I always say no. And like, I don't even think I've ever because it just seems like a perfect ensemble the way it is. Like, I don't need. I'm not really a big ketchup person as it is. So like, if I you know I do get ketchup with whatever I'm eating, it's always going to be on the side. It's never going to be like on top. I can't trust other people to put condiments on my sandwiches correctly because they tend to slather and that is never done any good for any sandwich in my my opinion. I, so I love ketchup. I love ketchup, but this, it feels very like, I do love ketchup. Um, wait, wait, you have to clarify something because I just remembered this. Was it you or Kristen? That for Lent one year gave up ketchup. And I was like, this bitch. And whoever, I don't remember who it was, there that you were like, well, it'll keep me from eating French fries because I can't eat French fries without ketchup. And I'm like, this bitch. That was her, right? That was her. I think we were in high school, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. For me, no, for Lent every year, I always gave up uh, chocolate and bagels. That was the hardest for me. Uh, I I didn't really, I I always said I was just going to try and be a nice person. I don't really. That shit shit never works. I'm sober now. So my life is Lent all the time. (laughs) I was just going to say, I don't fucking fall for that Lent shit no more because when you're gluten free, my life is Lent all the time. Just direct (laughs) quote. My life is Lent all the time. That and like, um, when we would go out, like, especially like when I was when I was younger, LOL. Uh, when I first went gluten free and I was still going out and about to bars and shit like that during Lent, I was like, what am I going to give up? Like starch? I, I'm drinking. Like I need shit in my stomach to absorb it. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 I know what it was too. The eating meat on Fridays. My mom would be like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't be eating meat on Fridays. I was like, woman, yeah. do you want me to just be hungry all day? Because Yo. I need protein. Did I know I hated that too. There was no way I was when my uh when my mom used to pack me lunches when I was growing up, uh I would never get meat on Friday during Lent, which I hated because mm-hmm. I wanted my cold cuts. Um but when I was in college oh and tell me cuz you went to a Catholic college too. So tell me if this happened to you. They didn't even serve bacon in the cafeteria for breakfast. And I got so mad because I was like, oh, my God. They're like, it's Friday during Lent. I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe maybe in the dining hall. But it, like we still had like so for our campus, well, was a lot bigger than than your campus. So for us, we still had like meal options outside the dining hall on campus. And they so like Taco Bell wasn't not going to serve 
beef on their gordita crunch. Is that a thing? Right? I didn't just make that up. Cheesy gordita crunch. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't really ever eat Taco Bell. So that seems like a little mini like win in my book right now. I don't know why I pulled that was like, that was God's doing. He went into my brain and put that in there for me. Thank God. But yeah. Thank God. Literally. So yeah, I never, I never really had that issue, but I don't remember eating in the dining hall during Lent anyway, but yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. No meat on Friday things. You said cold cuts, which just like makes my heart happy. What do you call them otherwise? No, I call them cold cuts too. So I feel like, I don't know. I don't know what people out here, I don't really feel like, like deli meat. I feel like that's the thing I heard. That sounds disgusting. Cold cuts sounds delicious. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds delicious. Oh, oh oh my God. Uh, Well, I lately, so I was going to say, you just reminded me uh, and I posted this on our Instagram. Your girl found a Manhattan special out here. I did see that. We're so happy for you. There is a deli uh, in Glendale, which is just a little bit North of where I live. And uh, it's apparently an Italian deli that's basically like Colucho and Sons or Scatoro. And mm-hmm. I've been there like the these are two uh, Italian delis in Brooklyn, by the way. Y'all can look it up. Um, but uh, it's called like Mike's uh, Mike's Deli. It's apparently been there for like 50 years in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they had everything, Anna. It was amazing. And I got prosciutto sliced in. Mm-hmm. Got some monster. And I made myself a little sandwich. I would say prosciutto yeah. monster is my go-to right now. So prosciutto. I love oh. monster cheese. Monster cheese is the best. Prosciutto sliced thin. Oh my God. If you don't cut that shit thin, get the fuck away from me. Don't even talk to me. Don't come to my house. <laughs> don't bring that shit into my get home. If you don't fuck. cut. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> if you don't cut the prosciutto thin, don't even talk to me. Okay. So if I'm going to be honest, I don't like prosciutto. Wow. Disgusting. Again. <laughs> I know. I know. I get. (laughs) Just disown me now. Just just take the wheel. Just it's okay. It's going to be one run for Brooklyn. What's your favorite? What's your favorite cold cuts then? Your favorite sandwich? Okay. I fucking love salami. Okay. Ham. Okay. Munster. Okay. Turkey. I'm giving you like the cold cut combo here. This is like the Italian cold yeah, cut combo. I was gonna right say. And then so I said Munster. Uh or if it's not Munster, then it has to be like white American cheese. Well, how do you feel about provolone? Oh my god, I fucking love provolone too. I'm also provolone. like just I just love cheese. Like actually tonight oh. as I was like cooking din- dinner, my appetizer was just like cheese that I had like that my roommate had in the fridge. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna eat this. With some hummus and crackers, I'm going to be a fancy bitch with my wine. Yo, do you know I do that all the time? Like, I bought the best fucking Fontina, like, two weeks ago, and I just had that with grapes for lunch, and I (sighs) felt like I might as well just throw me on a beach in Italy. Like, that's how I was (laughs) acting, because I was just like, "Mm." (laughs) as I start choking on nothing, I'm like, "Mm, healthy. (laughs) Cheese, great. The the Italians live on this and cigarettes, and they're thriving. (laughs) (laughs) me too bitch yeah no so that with a little bit of like so lettuce tomato Mm. um i don't love condiments on my sandwiches like that though yeah i mean you have to find a good deli that will yeah okay so wait question about the lettuce though you know how like some delis will do the shredded lettuce do you like that or do you 
Because I personally love that. I do too. I there is something about shredded lettuce that makes me enjoy the sandwich so much more. Yeah. Um, same with like the th- like the thickness of the tomato. It yeah. can't be too thick. It has to no. be like the thin, like the thin tomato slice. And I actually do like. Um, there's certain. This is. I don't actually know of any delis out here that I've ever had that does it. But the the oil and vinegar. Oh yes. Oh my more, god. Yeah. Like that is like what I would put on my sandwich before I would put like like mayo and yes I don't like don't I go back and forth with mayo but for me it has to be like very very lightly on there if it's like doused in there I get so fucking gross here's out. here's my issue with a lot of delis like and delis plenty of delis in Brooklyn are guilty of this I'm a spoiled brat because my uncle god rest his soul owned a deli in Brooklyn for a really mm-hmm. long time and he would make just like the best sandwiches and like I got so spoiled because he would cut everything mm-hmm. thin and he would l- do like a combo like you just described, mm-hmm. but an even amount of everything so that mm-hmm. everything tastes good together. A lot of delis will kind of oh cu- make it super thick and obnoxious. And it's just like you're just eating like it's just too much basically. But he it just, just feels like all meat between like right. It's kind of gross. But he always oh. did everything even. And I got so spoiled because, you know, like my dad on the weekend would just be like, you want to go to Uncle Leo's? And go get a sandwich. I'm like, yeah. Um, you know, and oh God, God mm-hmm. rest his soul. I wish I could have like taken over that deli. It was just too much at the time. And like, you know, it, we definitely weren't in the position to do it, but, um, you know, I don't know you, if anyone out there is listening, you would be but a great bodega owner. Thank you. I take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. And I meant it as one. I definitely like, I could just like especially because there's good bodegas too, that this is like one of my favorite things. There were some very good neighborhood bodegas where they sold the fresh Italian bread, like from the local bakery in there. (gasps) Well, that's what he used to do. He would go, he would go get that. Um, where he he would have one of his guys go pick it up, you know? Um, and that was like the thing, like he, it's Brooklyn Heights now or downtown Brooklyn. It was on Smith and, uh, Carroll street. Um, Mm, yeah. uh, You know, the neighborhood that, that Kristen and uh, uh, the three of us said we should inherit. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at the time, like there was a lot more like Italian families down there and they would just go to his like deli and like pick up like stuff for like the weekend for Sunday dinner. Or I was so mm-hmm. excited when I found that deli out here that I literally considered ordering a six foot sandwich, just being like, I don't even know what to do. I'm so excited. <laughs> Can I just put a catering order, catering order for one, please? One? I want chicken cutlet, mozzarella, and roasted <gasps> peppers. I was just going to say that's the other prime catering, like Italian sandwich. Like, oh my God, fried cutlet, Um, which by the way, you call a chicken cutlet. Like when I say chicken cutlet, you think of like the fried breaded, like breadcrumb, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes when I say chicken cutlets, like here in, in the New England part of the world, they'll be like, yeah, but what's on it? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's a chicken cutlet. They're just, they think I'm just referring to the raw meat. Ew. Like it's, that is what they call a chicken cutlet. I mean, technically, but I guess like. But no, no. Like when I say like, oh no, no, I'm making cutlets for dinner. No, no. (laughs) When I when I say, (laughs) that's not it, sis. When I'm making, (laughs) when I'm making cutlets for dinner, I'm talking about like breadcrumb, egg, fried. Yeah. 
like that's it that used to be me and Kristen's like go-to meal like when our parents were like not home and it was I just know. the two of us and then I would come over and eat it all yeah and we'd be like all right what are we gonna make because our moms always had no matter what there was always chicken cutlets frozen in the freezer so it's like okay Love we it. can just defrost this and we would make like box macaroni and cheese and call it a fucking day like that was our we were like 16 years old thinking we were like fucking top chefs I, mean, um, I I thought you were them. Yeah, I mean, okay. We uh, <laughs> we uh, now we've. We, I love that we took up like a half hour discussing food. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we actually got here, but yeah. So me, I'm all for the eggs on my bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Fuck it up. That's my favorite thing. Like chef's kiss. The, the ketchup. You mean ketchup, salt, salt, pepper, ketchup, salt, pepper, ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But okay, so for our topic for tonight, um, Cole and I are really big fans of Saturday Night Live. Uh, so we figured this would be a great topic for us to talk about because essentially it is one of the most iconic TV shows based out of New York City. So um, yeah, like what do you remember like growing up and, and what was your first exposure to the world of Saturday Night Live? I want to say it was probably like that early 90s uh cast that had like Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and Sherry O'Terry and Molly Shannon. Um, the first sketch I ever remember seeing, because like Mad TV was also really big, but I always hated the yes. Mad TV sketches because like their characters like creeped me out like more than they were funny. And I was like young. So I was like, I wanted something that was funny. And the first thing I remember is uh, Molly Shannon doing Mary Catherine Gallagher, which mm-hmm. is still so funny to me because I, I love a well-earned slapstick sketch. Um but also uh, Sherry O'Terry doing that woman that used to do Simba down now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that, that actually the Simmer down now sketch is the first one I remember actually seeing and like, yeah. So that I would say that's where it started. I would say Mike Foley. Was that um, Matt Foley? Y- yes. Yeah. Matt Foley. He was the character Chris Farley. Yes. I live in a van down by the river. So like same generation of like those young uh, characters um, like Sandler. um, Oh my God. I'm just David Spade. Like very, very young, goofy type humored cast. Um, But I remember Matt Foley was probably like the first skit I remember being (laughs) exposed to that. And like Adam Sandler on, um, the weekend yes weekend update with like talking yeah. about like singing a song about his red sweater oh my god yeah those it's like those are stupid. i yeah, those are my first of what i remember i do i love those did you have like a what are some of your favorite skits oh man this is like gonna be so hard to do because i feel like you know, I was pursuing comedy really hard for a hot minute when I was in New York. And I truly at one point in time believed that, like, I wanted to write for that show so badly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought I could make it happen. And I don't regret, you know, anything that I I did. And that time was like a lot of fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I feel like I used to just saturate myself in it. Um, Mm. And I see favorite sketches. Oh man, this is so hard. Probably anything like 
Now I would say Kate McKinnon's been on for a while. Anything that she does is really great. I just did another podcast with a friend of mine where I talked about my favorite SNL character and it's Kate McKinnon's Debette Goldry where she plays like an old Hollywood starlet on like Mm -hmm. a panel. Um, But I would also say Kristen Wiig, anything Kristen Wiig did uh, was always so fucking funny. Um, Like the Target Lady? The target lady, she did, she, see again, I think this like old Hollywood thing is really funny to me. Like I like characters that are like uh, just so involved with like who they are that they are completely ignorant to like what the world is around them. (laughs) So there was, she, do you remember she used to do this sketch where she was on, uh, she was on like a game show. It's like the secret password is, and she had Mm -hmm. to like, you know, and then she, but she would always go off and be like, I was in a movie in 1945 starring, uh, you know, whatever. And like, she was like, I was only supposed to have one line, but instead I came in and said, why'd you shoot the horse in the face or something like that. Um, and so like that character was really funny. I don't know if that character ever had a name, but, uh, so yeah, anything Kristen Wiig did. And then Tina Fey is obviously my number one and will always be like my number one idol as a, as a writer. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? Like, what are your some of your, I guess, players that stand out? I, or do you have a favorite I love, sketch? I do have a favorite sketch. It is this. So, okay, I have two technically. One of the first one, well, no, okay, I have actually a few. But so the one that always comes to mind is the Spartans and that Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell being the yes. cheerleaders that are just like, again, so oblivious about what's going on. Actually, I say this, um, my sister and I, anytime up, Mexican's like one of my favorite dishes, like to cook. And, um, anytime I'm like, oh, I'm making tacos tonight. Like she'll just like shout out like taco burrito. What's coming out? Your speedo. (laughs) (laughs) One of their cheers when they were like watching the, the, um, swim meet and they were like cheering for the swim meet. Um, that, those are always some of my favorite. I would say obviously the Jeopardy sketch, which I actually said was so perfectly timed that we were doing this episode because Sean Connery just died. And that to me that sketch well yes he was james bond like i don't need you assholes come and jump down my throat like yes he was a wonderful actor whatever that to me put him more on the map sean connery like that sketch with the jeopardy sketch with will ferrell also um and who's it daryl hammond daryl hammond yeah which is so funny because it's like that's not even sean connery but in my mind i'm like that's sean connery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, uh, like, so you're stuck at Trebek. That's not what your mother said last night, Trebek, or your mother's a whore, Trebek. Um, actually, so another thing my sister and I do from that sketch. So one of the categories was let it snow, but part of his bit was like, he would mispronounce things and make it inappropriate. So it was late tits now. And <laughs> my sister actually bought a sign for her house like because my sister loves decorating for christmas that says let it snow but she bought it almost intentionally that when we walked past it we would point to it and go late tits now uh, or like like horse semen was like one of the oh my uh, god yeah and oh god it was just so fucking so fucking that, good like that sketch still makes me laugh um i think ho- her- oh wait, what were you gonna say I was going to say newer ones that I really, really loved. I also loved, um, we, I feel like he always gets slept on on SNL was, um, Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah. Mr. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Oh, that's such a good sketch. So fucking good. Hi boys and girls. Like his accent is so 
on point. I just, oh, like I, that was like one of my favorite ones too. But I would say even modern day, like newer sketches, the newer Jeopardy, like Black Jeopardy with Keenan. Oh, um, Keenan, everyone's like, Keenan, like, when are you going to like retire from that show? I hope Keenan never retires from that show. Keenan is so fucking funny and talented that like, he does this other sketch that I'm obsessed with called Cinema Classics, where he's not even really like, he's just the host of the fake cinema show. Again, old mm-hmm. Hollywood. And he goes, his character's name is Reese DeWatt. And <laughs> his commentary between like, even if like the bits that they're doing, if they're like, here's a scene from the classic movie, blah, blah, blah. And even if the scene is like, just like, okay, it's not that funny. When they cut back to him as the host of the show, everything he says is fucking hysterical. Like yeah. he just like, is just so good. He's just so fucking funny and talented. I would, I love Keenan so much. Oh my God. Me, me too. My favorite. So when he does the black jeopardy, it's like, I feel like one of the more famous ones that came out of like modern SNL uh, was with Tom Hanks where he plays like the redneck oh, that's guy. The yeah, and he's like, he's like, you people are pretty great. And he's like, is that okay? And Keenan's like, we'll give it to you, Doug. We'll give it to you. <laughs> and, like, and they're like getting along swimmingly. And then the last category is like lives that matter. And it was like, well, Doug, it was fun while it lasts. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great blackout line for the sketch. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's like definitely the the best one they've done because it was really funny. Tom Hanks is the only host that could have pulled off playing that character because everyone oh, loves yeah. him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really good social commentary as well. Mm-hmm. And I always really like when like the sketch can also be like just dumb and silly and not have anything to say. But like if you can manage to like throw that into where it's like really smart. Oh, that's just yes. that's the best. I was just going to say how it that to me is like witty, right? Because there's it's like comedy outside of the punchline, right? The comedy outside the punchline is essentially like, you know, the idea is that you're both the same. Right. Like you both are living parallel lives to each other. Right. Like you're you're the same. So it's like there's the punchline there on top of whatever punchlines are actually occurring in the skit. Right. And it's, it's just so great. I, uh, I want to actually, you made me, you just reminded me, I do have a favorite sketch uh, and it's pretty recent and uh, it's called meet your second wife. And it was when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted together a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago, Christmas episode. And I, every time I really like a sketch as a writer and someone who has written sketch for a few years, it's like, I always try to find, who wrote the sketch and sometimes they post it online and sometimes most of the time they don't, but like if something's mm-hmm. really popular sometimes and this sketch, I am like so fucking sure Tina Fey had it. If she didn't write it, she had a big hand in writing it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a game show style and they have the three guy contestants. And uh, the reason I feel like Tina Fey wrote it is because even in the intro, she goes, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, welcome to meet your second wife. It's like, Hi, I'm uh, Amy. Goes hi, I'm Mary. Mary so and so, and Tina goes, and I'm Tina Fey. Um, so, and the show <laughs> is essentially, essentially they like, like right? Yeah. So like they bring out. So they're like, hey, this is Toby from like so and from Palo Alto, and he's a tech person, and they're like, but let's see who years in the future will be your second wife. And like this person comes out, and she's like thirteen. And so the joke of the of the, the the game of the sketch, as the comedy nerds would say, 
um, is that with each contestant, the the girls that come out of who is going to be their second wife get younger and younger, right? Because that mm-hmm. you know men get fucking more successful. They fucking dump their wives to marry like younger, hotter, whatever, blah blah blah. So the but the best is uh, I'm giving away this whole sketch very poorly, so y'all <laughs> definitely need to watch it. But the the blackout, the last bit of the sketch is Keenan, right? So Keenan's the last contestant, which made this even better because he's like, all right, Toby, let's meet your second wife. And he's crossing his fingers going, don't be white, don't be white, don't be white. Because <laughs> their wives are in the audience the whole time, too. And Leslie mm-hmm. Jones is playing his wife. <laughs> and they just cut to her and she's just like deadpan angry staring at the screen. And then, of course, uh, Cecily Strong comes out and he's like, ah, son of a bitch. And like. <laughs> And uh, she's like, she's a sophomore at Rutgers. And he's like, well, I guess that's not that bad. Like the other ones were younger, right? And she's like, hold on. She's got a serious boyfriend and just found out she is four months pregnant with, you guessed it, your second wife. And then, (laughs) yo, that is, that's just so good. That is just like absolutely hysterical. That is just so perfect. That is so dark. That is like peak, like smart Tina Fey writing to me. Um, Mm. and of course she has that famous quote. That's like, uh, you can always tell how smart people are by what they laugh at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, those are, I, 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 I also really love Cecily strong though that you've mentioned her. I love Cecily strong. I really love, um, I actually really like the new people on SNL right now. I feel like for a little while there, there, there are people who they felt like they lost touch with their beast. Like, it was like, eh, you know, it's just not that funny. It's not really worth watching yeah. anymore. But I really feel like this new group is like a strong, I feel like they're they're starting to find their ground again. And yeah. I, I would I honestly, you, you don't really like them, but Che is one of my favorite parts. Che, che is good on update and I love his, the jokes he, because he like won't like hold back, you know, mm-hmm. um, but he's you know, there's some stuff he said outside that of that, that I kind of just really disagree with. I I mean, like, this has just been like, like you can Google some of the stuff that like he's gotten mm-hmm. himself into, but you know, I mean, it's whatever, like he's uh weekend update is always one of my favorite uh, parts of the show. Well, I was gonna say, how do you feel about the current combo of Che and Jost? Cause I know a lot of people don't like Jost and I actually don't hate him. Uh, he's like a fucking Staten Island guy, you know, like, most and I, punchable face. <laughs> that's the name of his book, a very punchable face, which I think yeah. is like kind of funny. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, he, he, I feel like I, I don't mind him. I feel like he just doesn't have the confidence when he delivers a line the same way Che does. Like he, he kind of like feels scared to say a lot of his punch lines, which I don't know. I, I, I would disagree. I think the reason people don't like Jost is because he came in right after Seth Meyers and I loved Seth mm-hmm. Meyers a lot. Um, I did too. And like a lot of people I think were hoping like he the kind of think that he might have the same vibe, but like, I don't know. He's, he's okay. I don't think anything of him. This is not my favorite combination of weekend update anchors, but I don't know. I, Who, who's I, your favorite? I, I didn't. I loved Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon as like the yeah. combo team i i also like i don't love jimmy fallon but i have to say he was a great snl cast member like the way he i he broke character well, so yeah. he broke character a lot but he provided a lot of 
like versatility to the sketches he was in, right? Like he provided, I just think just like, yeah, he broke, he broke character all the fucking time. But like, I just think there was so much you could do with him because of how many things he could be. Yeah. He, that's, I I would agree. I mean, like, I think also also like, like Tina Fey puts it in her book, Bossy Pants, where she's like, I just don't have a face you could put in a lot of sketches. Like, you can't morph me into multiple things. My voice doesn't change, right? Like, she says it in Bossy Pants, like, whereas, like, he is that. Like, you could put him in a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, I think, you know, his breaking, like, now thinking about it, because he does that on his stupid fucking show, too. It's really annoying. He just, like, laughs mm-hmm. at everything. But that just seems insincere. He definitely is genuinely breaking, though, in the sketch that he does break a lot in but he had like that boyish like charm that everybody really loved everyone thought he was like really cute um and so i think he got away with it um Mm because like obviously you know he's like scoring high marks with like the whatever the 18 to 25 or whatever the 33 Mm. demographic of women so Mm -hmm. you know i think that makes it easy for him to get away with i did like the tina and jimmy combo um on Mm. weekend update but tina and amy are gonna be my number one team i would say Followed I, by Amy and I Seth Meyers. I was going to say, I forgot Amy was on there for a little while. There, I also just, like, love Amy Poehler. Like, talk about another – her and Maya Rudolph, like, in any sketch together were always oh, my favorite. How could I forget that? First of all, Maya Rudolph, what a oh. fucking queen. She can do anything. Anything. Like, I anything. read something recently that was like, why doesn't Maya Rudolph have her own, like, variety sketch show? And I'm like, I truly don't know. Why doesn't she? She should at this point. Like, she's just so fucking funny. Like, <clears throat> holy shit. There's a really funny sketch I always uh, – I'm a big fan of the musical sketches too. Um, and for – I was just going to say what – like, the – like, even with Andy Samberg's? Not so much. Weirdly enough, I didn't really like Andy Samberg when he was on SNL. I like him a lot now on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh my god, I um, love him on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But on SNL, I just thought he was like really annoying. Um, <clears throat> so like, I wasn't a fan of those, but I mean like musical sketches when um, Chris Kelly was head writer with, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget her name and I'm going to hate myself for it. Uh, uh, Wait a second, like the more, like I'm trying to think what you mean, like music, like, like more cowbell? Would that no, be example I'm of talking musical, like, uh, which is also one of my favorite sketches. Ah, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. There we go. They were the two head writers. Uh, not that like pretty recently. I don't. I haven't. Don't know if they are anymore. I feel like they're not. I should check who is the current head writer. But the mm-hmm. two of them. I'm talking about the musical sketches they did, like "Do It in My Twin Bed" and like "Back Home Baller." And there's like. <laughs> You can look oh, at. Oh, you're talking about like when it like they're breaking from commercial or look like they're about to take a break from commercial, like something pre-recorded. Yes, like a pre-recorded musical sketch. <clears throat> Damn, so when they were head writers, some of those were like fucking amazing, like to the point where like I would want SN if SNL dropped an an album of just like the songs from those musical sketches, I would buy it because it's good. They're all really good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the name of the sketch was that her, like the sweater weather, like what was the name of? Oh, oh my God. Bronx beat. How? I mean, yes. Bronx beat. Yes. And like that one was so. I mean, it's us. Yes, it is. And my, my Rudolph is like my favorite part. Well, first off, Amy, again, Amy Poehler, one of those characters you can put in any fucking sketch and she's just going to adapt to the scene. You could do so fucking much with her. Um, But Maya Rudolph is my favorite part of that that entire sketch just because she always to me like brought it 
to life. It felt more like authentic, which I was just going to ask a lot of them. I felt like there's always something more special when they actually are from New York. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, so like even Jimmy Fallon, like Jimmy's from New York. Yeah. Yeah. He's what from like upstate, right? Is he? I, thought, I was actually thought he was from Long Island. Or maybe no, that's Jerry Seinfeld, right? I don't know. I would have to double check. Wait, where's Maya Rudolph from? I thought. Um, we're, we're looking it up. She's actually, she's from Florida. No, she's from Florida. Wait, who were you saying is from New York then? I'm pretty sure it was Jimmy Fallon. There's a yeah. few of them that were actually from New York. Like, um, oh my God. There's a few that's been from New York. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. But where's Tina Fey from? And Amy Poehler. Uh, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Like they're from around, like the fucking Midwest, aren't they? No, no, no. Amy's from like Boston area. Tina's from uh, like near Philly. So they're all like around the same area. What's interesting is that they're all, they were all at one point at the second city in Chicago, which since like SNL's like inception has been pulling players out of Chicago. Um, and honestly, like aside from SNL being like one of the big New York institutions, when I went to Chicago, like the first time I went to like second city, I was just like, I felt like I went to like, like my holy ground, you know, it was mm. just like, the walls are just lined with SNL alumni. It's crazy. That's wait. Didn't second season close though? I mean, Correct not me to my wrong. not to my knowledge. They're still uh, thriving what's out the, on out in Chicago. What's the one that closed? What's the one that's, that closed? That's the one that I used to do some stuff at. Was the Upright Citizens Brigade? Pretty sure that's. Uh, I, sorry, that's what it is. Sorry. That's all um, so sorry. Uh, I was thinking of Gilda Radner. And Dan Aykroyd, they're both New Yorkers. Wait, no way. Gildo's from Detroit, I thought. That's what I looked up here. It says there's definitely like a handful that are like from New York that were like back in the day. Gilda Radner is from Detroit. I know my my SNL uh, trivia. Dan Aykroyd, I want to say, is from Canada. Is he? Ottawa, Canada. Yo, sign me up for SNL trivia night, you guys. Yeah, you should. Okay, well, then this list is 100% inaccurate that I just Googled because I was like, who am I thinking of? There's more than just Jimmy Fallon. I fully believe that, yeah. I just, uh, let's see if we can find anything else. I I wouldn't know off the top of my head because I always feel like not many are from. The only one that comes to mind right away is Tracy Morgan, I think. Mm. Yeah. But I think, mm. and he's from the Bronx. Mm. Yes, Tracy Morgan is from the Bronx. He's from, he is from New York City. Um, where'd Sandler grow up? Oh, oh my God! How can I forget this? Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I was like, Kate McKinnon, Adams. I'm pretty sure isn't Adam Sandler from New York? All right, Kate McKinnon, Seacliff, New York. So hell yeah, we get Kate. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, where's Adam Sandler from? I'm pretty sure Adam- he's from New York. Adam Sandler is from Brooklyn. Yes. I was okay. Okay. I took many L's there with those first two, but I'm like, I am not inaccurate when I say this because I, I remember my dad and I watching a few sketches and us being like when, when, especially when they're more New York themed sketches and those, like, I feel like the people who are a part of it are like from the city. It feels just a little bit more like special and u- unique in like what, in what you're seeing. I but I could be being biased. I usually am. 
would agree, except I'm bummed that Adam Sandler is the one we got because what? I, I love Adam Sandler. I don't really like Adam Sandler at all. Sorry. Why? This rules me out of ever working on a project with him that's going to make an obscene amount of money for no reason. Um, but I just never liked his like baby voice that he did like for some of the like SNL <laughs> stuff and try to carry into like his further career. I just don't like it. It creeps me out. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's weird. I just, I was never a fan. I, they give shit right now to Adam Sandler a lot for like, I think people look at his old stuff and continue like think that there's nostalgia to a lot of his old stuff, right? Like the shit he did on SNL, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, they're like Big Daddy. There's like nostalgia to those pieces. Whereas like he's now an older man with children. Like he's not trying to make you those movies anymore people like he's trying to make movies for where he's at in his current life and i'm not like trying to defend him necessarily because i mean yeah because he had daughters so now he's got to be like yeah like he's not gonna fucking make you like another happy gilmore it's just not it's like i don't know there's some things just i think like should just be appreciated for what they were for when they were occurring yeah no it is I totally agree. Um, I one of my favorite sketches actually that I really liked was um, the Chris Farley Chippendale sketch, and oh. I like it only up until the end where like they kind of like end it with the obvious. They're just like, "You're too fat. Like you, we can't have you be a Chippendale dancer," which is like not funny and like like the like a weird ending to that sketch. Where honestly, like. Farley shines in that sketch. And I've, I read that book, uh, the Chris Farley show about his life and it's very sad, Mm -hmm. obviously, and very interesting. Um, But the, you know, people like that always like really interest me because I'm just like, you are so talented. And he was just one of those people that they, I remember them saying in the book that like, he could never hear how loud everybody was laughing, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And that sketch is so good because he's obviously like a really big guy, but like he's like genuinely graceful, like as a dancer, like he like moves really well. And I always remember thinking that to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. when I watched that sketch and then, you know, seeing, uh, reading that book, I think they mentioned that he had taken like some dance like lessons at one point, but I was just like, he's like, and like the best part of that, like if you watch that sketch, just watch it until up, up until he's done dancing. Like that's the only part that matters. Like that shitty remark at the end is completely pointless. Um, because it's just, I, I just love it. I love seeing him dance like that. I don't give a fuck about Patrick Swayze, whoever the, and his stupid (gasps) 80s. Stop. I love Patrick Swayze. Dirty Dancing is one of my favorite movies. Hater. Yeah, I am. Um, but also Patrick Swayze was like a trained dancer as well because of his mother. Um, right. She owned like a famous dance studio or like a semi-famous dance studio in Texas. Um, I can get all into that because I just fucking love him and Dirty Dancing. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say like, I feel like the, the like Adam Sandler's moments on SNL that, he did shine was with that quirky humor he had or has, but like, I don't think it works now just because I feel like in general so much, I feel like our humor, it works so well because no one had ever seen that humor at that point at that time. Right. 
You know what I mean? Even like Farley, like his, his like, what do they call it? Like slap humor? Like where you like throw yourself on the floor? Or like, you know, what's also very interesting in, in that book, he, um, he like really didn't like being like doing the fat guy falls down bit. Like he got really tired of it after a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, he wa- he wanted to try doing different things. Um, unfortunately, he never got that chance. But yeah, but that's essentially what I don't know if I, that's not what I ever like. I didn't think it was funny because he was a big guy like falling. In general, you know, but I think a lot of people saw what he thought was fat guy falls down, you know. Uh, so what I was going to say is no one saw that humor whereas like slapstick humor is very like simple humor like we've yeah. seen that shit forever like throughout comp like any type of comedic thing that you could w- watch movies right comp like um, comedians on stage you see it all the time whereas like when he would do it even if it was something a part of a skit there was something much more intelligent and much more like authentic to what he was doing so i think like we just hadn't seen a lot of those things whereas like now our humor has just gotten so much more wittier. It's quicker now. It's, it's more, it's, it's just like, it's evolved. And right. so I, that's why I don't think you can really look at like Adam Sandler and be like, yeah, your shit's still going to work right now, or it's going to hit the same way where it's just, it's not going to, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't because right. we've gotten smarter. We've gotten wittier. Now we have our Kate McKinnons. And although I will say Maya Rudolph to me is always just very, that, w- that woman does it all. So like, I feel like even her old humor, it like it works now because she can keep up with it in some way. So, same with like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, Tina Fey uh, has had to make some adjustments. Like there's some shit on 30 Rock that doesn't hit the way it, it did back in. Uh, and, you know, it's. I, I loved 30 Rock. I was actually very grateful that I watched that. You told me to do that too. Watch 30 Rock before you watch Parks and Rec. Because if you watch Parks and Rec first, you'll never watch 30 Rock. But if you watch 30 Rock first and then Parks and Rec, you'll still appreciate 30 Rock. Yeah, because I did it backwards because I didn't know. Because uh, I, 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 Parks and Rec came out and I started watching that. Uh, but then like 30 Rock would be on late at night, like rerun in syndication. And I would watch it and I'm like, God, and I don't know why I thought it was going to be like Parks and Rec, but it is not the same show at all. Um, and it was just weird, but then I got to really appreciate the writing on that show, at least in like the first three seasons, like mm-hmm. that's like really good joke writing. It's like, there's literally a joke in almost every line. Um, yep. maybe I, I need and to like, revisit it, but yeah, I, but I think a lot of it still, still hits like, uh, like, boy, what a week Lennon, lemon, it's Tuesday. Right. <laughs> so the first couple seasons are my favorite of that show uh, because, uh, you know, she's essentially like parodying her time at SNL, right? So yep. like as a head writer, Tina Fey being like the first uh, female head writer, you know, mm-hmm. and like that always struck a chord with me. And I, I don't know, like as soon as I saw her on Weekend Update, like I was just yeah, like – it's her and Amy. I was like, she, they were just like, I wanted to be like them. And, you know, then you, as you get older, you realize like, you know, your heroes are a little flawed too, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I remember when Mean Girls came out too, everyone was just like, Tina Fey. Do you, I was like, I, I was like, oh, Miss Norbury, that's, I was like, that's Tina Fey. And they're like, Who, who's Tina Fey? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you, <laughs> do you not watch? Are you not watching SNL? Like, you know? Um, do you think, um, so SNL is at 46 seasons. I think they make it to 50. Do they keep going? Yeah. I would say like 
okay, so a dream of mine has always been that when Lorne Michaels decides to throw in the towel, um, I, I don't mean pass away. I just mean he retires. Um, uh, we're, not, we're not wishing that ill here. <laughs> no, but uh, that he'll he'll tap Tina Fey to take over as showrunner, and I think that would be fucking amazing. Does she still? She still works in Thirty Rock. I don't know what she's doing now. She did Kimmy Schmidt. I feel like she. I read that she was working on something else. She has the Mean Girls musical, which obviously is not running now. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, but I heard it's actually really fucking good. Yeah, I heard that too. Um, doesn't surprise me. But well, her husband did like I think like all the music for it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would just I would love to see her kind of take over that show. That would be I don't know if she would actually do it, but like to me, that's like. That would seem like the logical, like, because Lauren Michaels has been doing it since the 70s. And it's very interesting. You know, a lot of people always argue that, like, SNL doesn't have the same bite that it used to anymore. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm biased because I'll say this about it. Like, since I was a kid, 1130 on Saturday, like, I know, like, yep. I'm excited. I'm still excited. Like, you know, yep. I, I, I was afraid when I stopped doing comedy or when I, like, fully, like, let that big chunk of my life go that it would be Mm -hmm. like with other things that um you know that I would feel uh you know I would feel a way about it and maybe not want to watch it anymore but not like SNL like I always want to watch SNL like even like here in Los Angeles when I hear like that opening like the band with the saxophone Mm -hmm. like I am just like right back in New York so SNL is always going to be there to take me home so I I just I will never stop watching it as long as it's on yeah, I actually, my dad actually said that today. He's like, I just feel like it's not as funny as it used to be. And I'm like, and it's not supposed to. Also, like, you're older now, dad. Like, it's not going to be for you anymore. It's just not. Yeah. It's just not. And I think, like, again, it's that nostalgia piece. Like, things are not. Things are supposed to change. Things are supposed to evolve. The The jokes that, that landed in the 70s are not the jokes that are going to land right now. Because, again, when we know better, we do better. Hashtag Brooklyn Broads. Uh, <laughs> famous quote. Um it's just not going to hit that way, but it's not supposed to. Whereas like, that doesn't mean our humor dies. It means our humor evolves and it has to get wittier. But I, I do wonder, I, I actually had that thought. I was like, does SNL keep going after, after that 50 year mark? Cause they're going to hit it. Yeah. Um, I think they will. I mean, especially I if Dave Chappelle keeps coming back to host all I, the time. He's, he's another dude that I have a lot of complicated uh-huh. feelings about, but I, uh, I, I think they'll hit it. I think they'll go past it. I'll honestly think as long as NBC, it's an institution. Like I, I can't foresee, like they've had some bad seasons, but like, honestly, like since I would say Kate McKinnon, AD Bryant and Cecily Strong were hired, the show has been on an upswing. Also, I want to say that uh, Vanessa Bayer was on the show like way before mm-hmm. that. Absolutely phenomenal. I think she was so like underappreciated on that show. Like she had a very specific like deadpan almost like type mm-hmm. of humor. Oh, wait a second. We didn't say Pete Davidson, the one from New York. Oh, holy shit. Sorry, Pete. I know how you get up yeah. and not. Uh, no. <laughs> we got Colin Jost and Pete Davidson. Yeah. Pete Davidson's from Staten Island. I was super jealous when he got on the show because I was like, damn, look how young he is. Like He fucking- went to Severian. Yeah, that's our so for those who do not know Severian is the well it's no longer brother school because I mean they're co-ed now but uh, they're a really big private school in in Brooklyn like they have and they actually have pretty famous alumni like uh, Ralph Macchio I think is also oh my god 
one of our one of the alumni of Severian. So if anybody who doesn't know who Ralph Macchio is, <laughs> let me spare you the Google. He's your karate kid. Or he's no wait, he's not your karate kid. Who's Ralph Macchio? Oh, no, he's I from think... uh Is that Ralph Macchio? I hold on. Did Sorry. I just make that up? Ralph Macchio. Known for his role as Daniel LaRusso in yeah, the yeah, three yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, and he's also he's also now on Cobra Kai, which I actually really fucking think is really funny. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he he went to um, Severian, I believe. So so did Pete Davidson. Um, I actually think I know Pete's like kind of controversial, but I, I actually don't really mind him. But yeah, I hope I hope SNL goes even longer like I think it'd be really dope for like my kids to grow up watching it and again especially if I'm not living in New York um for them to know like to see like right like you just said when the music plays you're right back home for at least to them see like a spirit of where I'm from and and like New York City and how much it it just like means to me in the culture you know yeah I would say I um and tell me if this is what how you feel too uh I usually end up watching it on Hulu but Mm -hmm. um do you, at one point Hulu wasn't showing the full good nights and I would get so mad because I love watching. I will watch until I will watch the, all the credits roll and watch the good nights. Cause I love that moment mm-hmm. where everybody's out on stage and like, they just did this crazy thing, which is create a show out of nothing mm-hmm. in a week. Like, and they just yep. kind of like hug each other and like the bands like, Oh, that's another thing. I, I know we're running out of time, but like the music at one point, like, actually, no, I don't want to say at one point because a lot of people, you know, that argue that it's not what it used to be or just like they used to have real bands on SNL. And I'm like, yeah, but now we have so much different kind of, you know, a lot of different kind of music. So the Strokes were just on last week, which is classic mm-hmm. New York City band, mm-hmm. obviously. But uh, do you have a favorite musical guest? I have a favorite musical guest moment. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Yeah. Tell me that. Cause I have one too. On. Wait, it's not a good one though. Do you know who I'm going to say? The Ashley Simpson lip sync fuck up. Oh my God. Okay. So that, that was- shit makes me laugh every time. Like I no. just rewatched it on YouTube just to fucking die laughing. Um, but I, I, if I had like a favorite musical guest, I'm if like, again, I grew up like as a kid, um, when Britney Spears was the musical guest for the first time, like I remember like losing my fucking mind. Cause Britney was my queen slash still is slash. She follows me on Twitter. Um, we, I like I'm obsessed with her. So I just remember like forcing myself to like keep my eyes glued to the TV. Like no one can change the channel. Cause you know how some teams you would switch back and forth on commercial yeah. breaks. I was like, no one can change the channel. Like I have to stay up and like watch Britney. Like I was so fucking hype for her, but who is your favorite one? tough like i mean okay so hold on there's definitely better ones but like that's the my first one that i like think back of like keeping my like eyes to the screen right i don't remember so a lot of like the musical guest performances that i like are from probably when i was like too young to be watching snl but i like so i'm gonna say when nirvana played uh Mm. i was probably like four years old though so i didn't i don't remember seeing it at the time but like That was a really also because there's like some crazy story attached to that because like Kurt Cobain had just like overdosed like right before that and like then went out on stage to like play. Um, 
So that's a crazy one. I will say another one, again, I was not like physically there for it, but in, if you can look this up, I think it's still on YouTube, but in the eighties, John Belushi was a big fan of the, uh, or the seventies, I should say, uh, John Belushi was a big fan of the punk band fear. And he convinced Lorne Michaels to get them to be the musical guest. And during the second song, they started a mosh pit and like people were like being thrown around and into the audience that they had to cut to commercial. I did actually, yes, I, I knew that. And then they got like banned from mm-hmm. SNL. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I didn't know that. And so did I think actually Ashley Simpson because of her lip sync fuck up. Because, yes, because um, what she had done, like Lauren was like, we don't do like the recordings, like the, yeah, like not the track. The box. Yeah. Like everything has to be live. Everything has to be live. Everything has to be live. Um, and they kind of like went behind his back and that's when she got caught with the lip sync. Um, and they basically switched things up at the last minute. So he was like livid. Um, and yeah, so I think she actually wound up getting banned too. I don't know if she still currently is, but I knew that was like, they, they did something last minute that he specifically said to do. Don't Um, fuck with Lauren y'all. He's, he's the, he's the the big man. He's like God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is I think it's really great that he runs the show when I like, but when like people talk about him, they're like, he's not funny at all. He's a very serious man. And it's like, he runs one of the very brilliant comedic I would, shows. I would disagree. I think he is funny. I think he's funny in his own, own way. Yes. Like, like I'm just thinking about, I just watched rewatch today, the uh, Lin-Manuel SNL monologue when he raps around the studio if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's fucking great. Unfortunately, it is right before the 2016 election. So he talks about how Trump is never going to be president, which that that didn't quite age well. But uh, <laughs> but at one point, Lauren comes out as he does sometimes in the monologue or whatever. And he's like, uh, you you having fun, Lynn? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, can I get those Hamilton tickets? He's like, I'll see what I can do. He's like, I'll take a matinee. Like it's, I, I don't know. Like I think it's funny. Like he's got timing. Like, and I think because he plays like his stern father figure up, like, you know, if you look back at the episodes from the seventies, he's not the guy in the suit. Um, mm. and that's kind of just who he's become as he's like, I guess, aged with the show. Um, mm. But uh, did you know that when Mike Myers uh, wrote the Austin Powers like series, uh, he based Dr. Evil off of, uh, Lauren Michaels. I did not yeah. know that. They, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> there's so many better characters. We ha- we can probably do like another this could two be hours. Definitely a, I was going to say, this could definitely be like a multi-episode um, take because I feel like there's so many sketches that I'm thinking of even now that I'm like, oh my yeah. God, we didn't say that one. We didn't say that one. I, know. But I think what's really, really, we wanted to talk about this because I can't think, I can't think of like a show like we've talked about friends we've talked about Seinfeld but I can't think of more of like a, a staple that is like still running and still has like such a strong spirit of New York tied to it better than than SNL I, and it's I, like I, everywhere 100%. yeah I uh I, yeah I know I was just thinking like I keep thinking of new things but I just realized I kept thinking that Tina and Amy were they were the first two female co-hosts on the update desk but how can we forget Jane Curtin who was the first woman at the update mm. desk and has yeah. honestly like one of my favorite dumb update jokes. Uh, they were alive at Mardi Gras at one point 
And uh, she's sitting at the update desk and she's great because she's so deadpan. And like, she's just like, they're like, what's what's going on, Jane? It seems like nothing's happening down there. She's like, this just in, Mardi Gras is actually translated to mean no parade. That is the actual <laughs> translation of Mardi Gras. There never was a parade. There isn't going to be one. Mardi Gras means no parade. <laughs> she so is, dumb. she, she was really, yeah, she was really, I forget. Isn't that where like Jane, you ignorant slut, isn't that who yeah, we're? That's what it's that's, from is Dan, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. And yep. You know, it's just funny because Gilda obviously is the everybody wants, you know, like Tina Fey said this and it it always resonated with me because I always felt like I'm not like I can write a character, but I'm not a character person. Like I can't play a character, you know, mm-hmm. or I can't play it well. Like uh, and she, I remember Tina Fey saying like, you know, every girl grows up wanting to be Gilda, but some of us are Jane. And I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm Jane. Like, it's OK because Jane's fucking dope. Like, you know. Um, yeah, everybody everybody plays their part dude we can't always you you need everybody plays a part and plays a purpose and it's all serves themselves i could see that i do remember that line where is it is that also from uh bossy pants no i feel like i was watching like an interview with her um when i needed some inspiration for my Aww. my my writing um i love i love that you do that yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, SNL is like the institution. It's not going to get any more New York than that. Like, I know even like the live scenes of like the opening of like when they're like where they are, like the New York City streets, like it always. I'm uh, home. I'm telling you, I'm home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it just feels I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it, especially like when you said like Saturday nights, 1130 at night, especially as a kid, like when we would go do you know, like we'd go to like a family party or we'd drive back home and we'd get back at like around like 11, 1130. My dad'd be like, well, why don't you go to bed? And I'll be like, all right, like I'll go, I'll go upstairs. I'll go into bed, but I'm turning on Saturday Night Live. And to think that it was only, you know, a train ride away to us, although like good luck trying to get seats. I have a friend who works for NBC and I couldn't even fucking get, I couldn't oh, get the hookup for nah, That for ain't happening. Now. That's like all no. tourists. Um, she's, she's actually worked it a few times. We should maybe have her on to kind of give us the the ins and outs of working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's, she's as a page. So if anybody who's watched 30 rock, Kenneth, the page, she was a page. Um, Lucky gal, because let me tell you, I applied for that program out of college. They told me that that program is harder to get into than Harvard. Yeah, no, it's harder to become a page than like a Navy seal. (laughs) Um, yeah, she, she was a page and uh, she still works there now and she's a gem. We'll, we'll have to have her on just so that she can give us, honestly, she, I'm not going to lie though, preference to our uh, listeners. She ruins everything in terms of like, like, you know how they say like, you never want to see how the sausage gets made. Yeah. Yeah. She sees how the sausage gets made and she has no problem ruining it for you. <laughs> like, well, unless um, As long as she doesn't ruin my prosciutto, I think I'm okay. You know, which I fucking Hey, I actually don't. She's so she's an Italian. So I wonder what her worth thought. We'll have to. So we have her on. We'll give her all the interview questions, including what her bodega order would be. Although she never grew up in New York City, but her dad did, and her dad. But uh, if she works here, she's got to have a bodega order. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She and she lives in the city now. So we'll have to. We'll have to have her on, bro. Here's your warning. Next time I hit you up, you have to say yes. And it'll be. I'm gonna guilt you because it'll probably be around my birthday, and I'll be like, "Bitch, it's my birthday. You have to." beautiful yeah might be might be 30 but she's still petty nothing's beneath me you don't out you don't outgrow petty 
<laughs> I actually said to Kristen today, this is really fucking terrible. It was like the worst joke I've probably made in years. Um, I was just like, it's it's called politics, Kristen, not petty ticks. And she wow. was like, yeah, she was like swinging a miss. <laughs> so <laughs> on that note, um, shall we do it again next week? Let's definitely do it again next week. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm Anna. Hola. And we're two brides from Brooklyn. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Good night.